If you've been looking for a comprehensive Bible school curriculum that explores redemptive realities in Jesus Christ grounded in the Word of God, look no further. The goal of this podcast is to spread the life-transforming Word of God throughout the world for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ in what Jesus has accomplished for us through His death, burial, resurrection, and seating at the right hand of God the Father. There's such an untapped potential for Christians to enter into their glorious inheritance in Jesus Christ. Together we will discover what Jesus has done for us by providing such a great salvation and how to appropriate the promises of God in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 31, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Each podcast season will cover one of the books that I have compiled over the years. You can find a complete listing of my Christian education material on my website at www.wordinspire.com. You're welcome to download these ebooks for free in PDF format for your own personal or ministry use. So let's explore these biblical truths and principles together that will absolutely transform our lives. God bless. Welcome to the Gospel series, The Discourses of Jesus, Adultery, referenced in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 to verse 30, Luke 6.18. The theme is not just the actions, but also the thoughts and intents of the heart that are important. The context, Jesus continues to expand upon the law of Moses in light of the kingdom of God. Matthew 5.27. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Adultery and Sexual Morality Under the Old Covenant Mosaic Law, adultery was a capital offense for both the man and the woman who were involved. God is a holy God, and Leviticus chapter 20 discusses sexual purity among other things. Leviticus 20 verse 10, If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. Adultery is one of the Ten Commandments, specific to at least one partner already married. Exodus 20 verse 14, Matthew 19 18, Mark 7 21, Romans 2 verse 22, chapter 13 verse 9, James 2 verse 8 through 11. Fornication, according to King James Version, is sex between two people and neither of them are married. 2 Corinthians 12 21, Ephesians 5 verse 3. Sexual morality is a more general term. It refers to all prohibited 
sexual behavior outside of marriage. Matthew 15.19, Acts 15.20, Romans 13.13, Galatians 5.19, Ephesians 5.3, Colossians 3.5, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, Revelation 9.21. Homosexuality and lesbianism fall under the heading of sexual morality, as we see in Leviticus 20 verse 13, Romans chapter 1 verse 26 to 27, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9, Jude verse 7. Polygamy is not biblical either. Genesis 2:24, Matthew 19 verse 6, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2, and verse 12, Titus 1:6. Marriage was first instituted by God in the garden of Eden for all mankind to follow. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. It is the oldest institution known to mankind and the most sacred of human covenants, according to Malachi chapter 2 verse 13 to 16. Marriage is a blood covenant between a man and a woman, a solemn and sacred pledge. We promise to give them our life in love and faithfulness. Till death do we part. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 15 to 20. Matthew 19 verse 3 through 12. Romans chapter 7 verse 1 through 3. To violate this covenant that God instituted is a grave sin. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12 through 20. Proverbs 2 verse 16 to 19. Chapter 5 verse 3 through 6. Chapter 6 verse 20 to 29. Chapter 7. Chapter 22 verse 14. In chapter 30, verse 20, when a man consummates his marriage with his virgin wife, blood is emitted from the act of sexual intercourse. The blood covenant is consummated when the hymen is broken. Hebrews 13, verse 4, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. The pain that comes from marital infidelity is profound and how it affects all those people who are involved, and it's something to be avoided. It is a betrayal of relationship and trust, and it's something that the enemy tries to do in order to destroy people's lives. And that's why God forbids it. He's not trying to rob us of pleasure or fun. He's trying to protect us from being robbed of peace and joy and harmony in the home and in relationships. Spiritual Adultery Thankfully, there is forgiveness for the adulterer, as seen in John chapter 8, verse 3 through 11. Jesus forgiving the woman caught in adultery, but where is the man in this picture? He was just as guilty as the woman, go figure. But what about spiritual adultery against the Lord? How is that committed? The Israelites had a covenant with God. Like a marriage covenant, it can be broken. They were notorious for idol worship, worshiping demons. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 17. Psalms 106 verse 37, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 14 to 22. They prostituted themselves to Satan. That's what false religion is. Exodus 34 verse 14, Jeremiah 3 verse 1, Hosea chapter 3, Revelation 17 verse 2, chapter 18 verse 3, and verse 9. As believers in Jesus Christ today, we too can be guilty of spiritual adultery when we flirt with the world system. 2 Timothy 4.10, James 1.27, chapter 4, verse 4 through 10, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Falling away and being allured into false cults or religions is another form of betrayal, 
1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 35, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2 through 6, Galatians 1 verse 6 through 9, and chapter 3 verse 1 through 5, Psalms 106 verse 34. They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord had commanded them, but they mingled with the nations and adopted their customs. They worshipped their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was desecrated by their blood. They defiled themselves by what they did. By their deeds they prostituted themselves. Here's a side point I thought was very interesting. There was even a provision under the Old Covenant for a husband who felt jealous that his wife was having an affair. You can read this in Numbers chapter 5, verse 11 to 31. Thoughts and Intents of the Heart Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 28. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The law prohibited the physical act of adultery, but according to Jesus, lustful thoughts Meditating and playing scenarios of sexual morality is the same sin as acting it out. Proverbs 23.7 in the King James Version says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Why is this? Because the act will follow when the opportunity presents itself. 2 Peter 2.14 It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted and never sinned. According to Hebrews 2.18 and chapter 4.15 So temptation is an invitation or a solicitation to sin, and only becomes sin when yielded to and obeyed. 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee the evil desires of youth, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The Apostle Paul was tempted and had to keep his body under control. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24-27 2 Corinthians 11 verse 29. This task is a full-time job for Christians today. Romans 3 verse 11 to 14, chapter 8 verse 1 through 14, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 through 3. Staying full of the word of God and prayer keeps us full of God's grace to overcome temptation. Acts chapter 6 verse 5 and verse 8. As Christians, we are inherently leaky vessels in constant need of refilling. We are to stay full of the Holy Spirit. According to 2 Corinthians 4.7, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18-20, Colossians 3.16, Jude verse 20. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying just prior to his arrest. Likewise, the disciples should have prayed for strength against temptation. Peter shortly afterwards denied the Lord. Mark 14, verse 37-38, in verse 66-72. The awfulness of sin. Jesus went on to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29, If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. The overall point I believe Jesus is making here is to clearly illustrate the awful consequences of sin upon the soul of human beings. The pleasure of sin is for a short time, and it's just not worth the price. 
According to Hebrews 11.25, Mark 8.36, Jesus said, What good is it for a person to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Our bodies are an expression of our heart that can be used as instruments for either sin or holiness. Romans 6, verse 12 through 23, chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, Ephesians 4, 17 to 29, 1 Peter 2, 11. I don't believe Jesus is advocating masochistic mutilations of our body. Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. Even with the loss of our eyes and limbs, a person could still find other ways to sin. Once we get saved, we can use our physical bodies for greater good for God's glory. However, biblical sanctification of bringing our bodies under subjection, denying the cravings of the sinful nature in our physical bodies, can be a painful and excruciating experience, incurring a lot of suffering. That's biblical suffering according to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1-6, 1 Corinthians 9.27, Galatians 5.24, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Going back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 29, the King James Version uses the word offend, while the NIV translates the Greek word as cause to sin. And actually, the Greek word is skandizio, which comes from the word scandalize, to entrap, trip up, figuratively to stumble, or to entice to sin, apostasy or displeasure. The noun from which the verb offend in the original, is derived commonly means a stumbling block, or a stone placed in the way over which one might fall. It also means a net, or a certain part of a net against which, if a bird strikes, it springs the net and is taken captive. It comes to signify, therefore, anything by which we fall or are ensnared, and applies to morals and things that affect every ear of our life means anything by which we fall into sin, or by which we are ensnared. It simply means anything that causes us to fall into sin. Matthew 5 verse 29 in the Amplified, If your right eye serves as a trap to ensnare you, or is an occasion for you to stumble and sin, pluck it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be cast into hell. So Jesus is saying, get rid of anything or anybody that is jeopardizing your eternal soul. It's just not worth it. 1 Corinthians 15.33 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to chapter 7, verse 1 1 Timothy 5.22 Hebrews 12, verse 1 Nor should we ever find ourselves in a situation of being stumbling blocks to others or causing them to sin by our decisions and behavior. Romans 14, verse 13, in verse 21. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3. Finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way. For I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. God bless.
I highly encourage you to continue listening to the Word of Life Study Series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well. The scriptures encourage us in Acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.